Welcome to the Gardens Podcast. This message titled Marked by Healing was given by Darren Roundson and is the seventh in our series, The Kingdom. It's good to be with you guys. It's a nice mellow night and I, I intend to, uh, to bring the word. If you need a Bible, why don't you go to the side and grab one. There's one at the end, but we're going to get in Mark chapter 1 um, or Stephen will pass out a Bible for you or to you. Mark chapter 1. We are continuing our series this evening on the kingdom following Jesus in times of chaos. We are looking at the primary message of Jesus Christ. Um, The primary message is that the kingdom of God is at hand. And um, last week I did a review. And the week before, Bill was looking and teaching through um, the first day of Jesus' public ministry. Mark chapter 1, um, we're going to look at mainly verse 40 through 45, but we're going to touch on verse 29. Um, but last two weeks ago, Bill talked through the kingdom of God and, and how Jesus, um, it, it, was, it was Mark's recording of Jesus' first day of public ministry. He goes to a synagogue, he preaches the gospel there. He's confronted by a man possessed with a demon. Jesus uh, tells the demon to, to be quiet or to shut up, cast out the demon, and people are amazed by his teaching, by his authority. And um, fame begins to spread. His fame begins to spread all over um, the region of Galilee, which was a rural area, a countryside area in, um, in Israel. We want to we continue that. Um, and, and basically, I'm just going to highlight a couple of things from the first couple of verses here. But I really want to anchor tonight in um, a story of the leper. So if you have a Bible, go to Mark chapter 1, verse 29. Says this, and immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew and James and John. Now Simon's mother in law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand, lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or possessed by demons, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. Um, He healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak, because they knew him. And rising very early the next morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were searching, uh, those who were with him, searched for him. And they found him and said to him, "Everyone is looking for you." And he said to them, "Let us go to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out." And he, he went throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. So uh, the first part of verse 29 is the continuation of day one. Jesus preaches in the synagogue, uh, casts out a demon. His fame begins to spread, begins to spread. And, and, and um, it's Sabbath day, so he goes to a house, to Peter's, Peter's mother-in-law's house, where, he, uh, where his mother-in-law is sick with a, a normal sickness, a fever. And he immediately heals this woman. She begins to serve him. And then at sundown, after Sabbath, the whole city, it says, they bring everyone who's sick, everyone who's possessed with demons, and they bring them to the door that Jesus is at. So we see that what happened at the synagogue and what happened in the private home begins to just increase. His fame begins to spread. And the picture of day one of Jesus' ministry is an entire city of sick people and demon-possessed people gathering at the door of the house he was in. Day one. That's a pretty successful ministry right there. Just day one, 
Cohiba is filled with the city of Long Beach. All the sick and demon-possessed people were here. That would be a great story to tell, but it's not that um, right now. But what we see is that the kingdom in, in day one is marked by Jesus being full of authority, by Jesus casting out demons, and then we see the kingdom is marked by healing. Not just a, 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 a synagogue public demonstration of the kingdom, but a private, compassionate healing of an individual. Where we see the comparison, Peter's mother-in-law and everyone in the village, everyone in the city comes to the door, and Jesus heals many. And so the theme tonight I want to talk about and expand upon is this, that the kingdom of God is marked by authority, it's marked by the casting out of demons, but what we're looking at today is that the kingdom of God is marked by healing. The kingdom of God is marked by healing. And not just healing of sicknesses, but, but what, what Mark is writing, forgive me, in this, this concept of the whole city gathering, is that the city is being healed by the kingdom, by Jesus' ministry. It's not just for personal people, it's not just for... Um, uh, just personal healing, but communities are being healed by the kingdom of God. So we see the success of Jesus' ministry in day one, and day two is him. Whoa! How come you didn't warn me about that? Day, uh, day two, after the successful ministry, Jesus wakes up and he goes to a desolate place where he prays. And what we see is every time there's a success or this fame or this public demonstration that occurs with Jesus, there is kind of a response that he has. And, and Mark will use the, the phrase desolate place as a way to describe how Jesus will get the source of his ministry. He will, he will not allow demons to define his mission. He will not allow the fame to define his mission. But Jesus will allow the mission only to, to be defined by intimacy with the Father. So the kingdom can only be defined by the king. And Mark is writing this with intentionality. And so uh, if demons threaten the mission, if fame threatens the mission, Jesus uh, kind of secludes himself. He escapes and he spends time with the Father. And then it says everyone's searching for him and he says, let's go to the other towns. And you would think if you're starting a religious movement, the most important thing is to have a lot of people or an entire city healed. But Jesus says, I've come to preach to all the other towns. And so we see Jesus begin to, to separate himself from fame, from just the, the, um, the people that are just excited. He's looking for believers. He's looking for followers. He's looking for disciples. He's not looking for signs and wonders to get people amazed. He's looking for people to devote themselves. Are you with me? Okay. So the story continues in the book of Mark, and so we see the healing becomes a theme, and then Jesus says, goes throughout Galilee, he preaches in their synagogues and casts out demons. Healing is a theme tonight. You know, sometimes you get sick. Sometimes you get sick. You catch a cold. Sometimes you get sick and, and you have a fever. But there are other times when you are sick. There are other times where your illness, where your brokenness, where your sickness begins to define who you are. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? How many of us have been in life stages where, where the illness that we embody becomes so much a part of who we are? 
where we, we see the change of our schedules, the, cha- the change in, in our agendas, our prayer life changes, the way, the way we eat our food changes, the way we have to drive. I remember when my wife was sick with a heart condition, I couldn't go very far without having my phone right on me. I couldn't run, uh, um, I used to run a lot. I would run about a half mile distance just in case she had to call me and we had to get rushed to the hospital. Sometimes sickness begins to identify us and become our identity. Sometimes our own brokenness begins to identify who we are over everything else. Leprosy was the absolute worst in the first century. Leprosy wasn't just a sickness. Leprosy wasn't just something that needed to be cured. Leprosy in the first century to a Jew had to do with you becoming unclean. Your identity was wrapped around being unclean. If you go to Leviticus, go there with me. Leviticus chapter 13. Uh, It's the third book of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Leviticus is uh, Moses writing um, other words from Mount Sinai where he's giving the instructions to the Israelites and what it means for them to be a holy nation, what it means for them to be pure. And in Leviticus chapter 13 and 14, we're going to look at verse 45 of chapter 13. There are two whole chapters that describe in detail what happens if you were a leper, if you got the disease of leprosy. There are 72 different variations of skin diseases, everything from boils to ringworm to burns. They were were all categorized in this very um, superstitious disease. People in the first century believed that if you had leprosy, you were cursed by God. That your sickness that, that identifies you becomes the curse that you did something in your life to be impure, um, impure. That you sinned somewhere down the road or your parents sinned and that your affliction was caused by God. And the only cure according to the Old Testament law was for God to heal you according to Numbers and Exodus. And leprosy was disgusting. I don't know if many of, you, many of you have seen modern-day lepers or seen pictures, um, but it is a frightening, deforming issue. I was in, in India, and I sat in a, uh, outside where there was over 200 lepers that had to come in at 3 a.m. because they couldn't take public transportation. And they were getting their monthly supply, supply of food, which was a bag of rice and beans and a little egg for the moment, to eat at that moment. They're sitting, and it's 90-something degrees outside. They're sitting in this tent waiting to, to basically be given their monthly stipend. This, this ministry supports 200 lepers. Men and women are sitting on opposite sides. We come out, and they're singing. I've shared this story, but to see the def- deforming nature of a leper is, is pretty disgusting. Where they're clapping without fingers, singing songs of worship with no nose and half of a chin. Where, where the leper, is, it, it looked really disgusting and deforming, inhumane. We have to understand that leprosy was the worst of the worst. If you were declared a leper, you were declared unclean, you, you were given a death sentence. According to the Levitical law, you, you had to live outside of the camp. Outside of community, you were no longer defined in community. You, you lost your family, you lost your job, you lost your, um, you lost your identity. Your name was tarnished 
you were marked by the priest as unclean. Leviticus uh, 13, verse 45, just check it out. It's describing what you had to do if you were, uh, had this disease. It says, The leprous person who has the, di- the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, Unclean! Unclean! And he shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. In in the first century, there's a a famous historian, a guy named Josephus, and he describes lepers as uh, as those that looked like a corpse. There's nothing different than a corpse and a leper, a, a living leper. Rabbis in the first century said that lepers, those with leprosy, were considered the living dead. And if you would be cured, it was just as hard to be cured of leprosy as it would be to be raised from the dead. Leprosy was a death sentence. It excluded you from worshiping in the tabernacle. It excluded you from the temple, from commerce. And you had to walk 50 paces away from everyone. And if you came into town, you came in disguised with ugliness let alone the disease taking away your fingers, taking away the pieces of your skin, burns, boils, all the disfiguring. And you would come with long hair, dirty clothes, smelly. You would look like a corpse and walk around yelling with your, your hand over your upper lip, unclean, 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 50 paces away. Leprosy became your identity. And if you wanted to be cured of leprosy, you had to go to the temple. You had to go to the temple and see a priest. And the priest was the only person in the holy temple that could say and examine you after certain procedures and policies and and, and after seven days, he could pronounce you clean. And to be pronounced or declared clean meant that your identity was restored. You were recognized back into the Jewish Jewish society where you once were segregated from everyone else. You are now accepted as you are, clean. No longer a marked man or woman identified by the disease. Leprosy was horrible. We pick up this amazing story in Mark chapter 1 verse 40. With all of that in your mind, you've got to read this story and think about what's happening. You had to walk 50 paces from anyone. And if another person touched you, they would be considered unclean. 50 paces away, you're excluded from society. And then here we go. Verse 40. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. He was made clean. This man is identified as a leper. He breaks all his social barriers, breaks all his social boundaries. He cannot go see a priest, let alone a rabbi, let alone another Jew, let alone anyone in the community. And he's not yelling 50 paces away, unclean, but somehow he makes his way to Jesus Christ, falls on his knees and said to him, only you 
can make me clean. Actually, only a priest in the temple. But if you are willing to do this, you can do it. I've heard of your fame. You've casted out demons. You've healed an entire city. You, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Think of the desperation. And then Jesus moved with pity, and that word pity is this very strong Greek word. It has to do with compassion, but it's so much more. It ties to the word anger and all of these powerful emotions. And it's basically this understanding that Jesus, it's, it's like his insides are turning. This, his, his, his bowels, his stomach, his, his inside is just moving with compassion or anger, pity. And his compassion is probably beca- uh, there because this man is desperate. This man is breaking the social barriers to come to him when he should go to a priest. And apparently the assumption is that this man had been to the priest. And the priest is supposed to intercede on behalf of this man. This priest is supposed to say, you are clean. But something has come in between this man receiving justice and cleanliness. And, and Jesus says, I am willing. I move with compassion. He stretches out his hand, and he does something even more provocative in that culture. He touches the leper. Immediately, he would be considered unclean. But instead of being polluted by the disease of leprosy, Jesus' holiness is contagious. And he says, you, you are clean. Leprosy didn't just need healing. It needed to be pronounced clean. And in these short passages, Jesus is saying to his followers, Mark is writing to anyone that would follow after him, that Jesus is the true priest of Israel. He is the true intercessor. Jesus is the new temple. And where you once needed to go to an intercessor to encounter God in the holy place, Jesus is now, by the power of the kingdom, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he is embodying all of those things at once and filled with compassion. He breaks the laws, breaks the rules, and heals and cleans the leper. And it says that the leprosy left him and he was, he was pronounced clean. His identity was restored. But not just his personal healing, his social reality was, was considered whole. Where he was isolated and excommunic, excommunicated from the fellowship, he's now, he's now experiencing wholeness into the brotherhood of Israel now enters back into society as a whole person, not marked as unclean. But Jesus gives him directions, and he says uh, he sternly charges him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer uh, for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and, the, and, uh, and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in desolate places, and the people were coming to him in every quarter. Jesus uses language. He sternly charges him. That's, and, then he, and then he tells him to not go do something. The language he's using is the same language he uses for demons in this passage. Let me say that again. When he charges the man and, and says to the leper, don't go say anything to anyone. It's the same type of language that he would tell a, a demon-possessed man to shut up, come out. The same strong charge. Why? What's so important about this man not spreading the news? 
Jesus is concerned that his fame would somehow deter the mission that he has. You guys following? That where Jesus will silence the demons because he doesn't want the demons to identify who he is. He doesn't want the demons to determine his mission. He wants his identity, identity to be defined by how he defines it through the Father. In the same way, Jesus will not allow successful ministry and fame to identify or define the kingdom of God. Only the king can define the kingdom. And so he silences the man, but the man disobeys Jesus. He doesn't go to the temple, it says. It says that he begins to spread the news, and Jesus is now traded, he is now traded places with the leper. And he has to remain in desolate places. All that saying in the Gospel of Mark, Mark is making it clear, the kingdom has to be defined by the king, and it will eventually be defined by the cross. The king and the kingdom will be defined by the sacrifice on the cross. Not by signs and wonders. Not by healing. Not by casting out demons. It will be defined through sacrifice and forgiveness. The message of the leper being cleansed is a message of wholeness. Is a message that the kingdom of God is for us here and now. A message about being cleansed. Being socially uh, reconnected, where our identities are here to be restored. You know, one of the things that we're thinking is that this message is for here and now, present, for today. The kingdom of God brings healing here and now, wholeness, here and now, right now. And yeah, maybe some of us, we don't have leprosy, but man, our brokenness has become our identity. Some of us do have physical sicknesses and illnesses that have become who we are. You don't have to be in a wheelchair to say that it affects your life, although that does. You could have anxiety disorders. You can have broken relationships with your families. You can have physical ailments that keep you less, uh, that make you less energized. And I just, I challenged the morning gathering, and, and I took it a different way this, this evening, but I believe this, that the garden is going to be a church that lives as a biblical community at every cost and every expense. We are willing to fight the fight to be a biblical community. And that means quite simply that when we read something like this, we have to take it seriously. Do you believe that the ministry of the kingdom of God that brings healing is for here and now? I want you to think with it. The New Testament. Jesus comes around. He raises the dead. He heals the sick. He, he, next week we're going to look at him healing a cripple. We see that, that he comes to men who are full of wealth, who have become conspirators in, with the Roman Empire, who have been ostracized by the, the Jewish community. Even though they are Jewish, they're considered exiles. They're considered bad people. And he sees this short little man, Zacchaeus, and with the kingdom affirma- affirmation, he says to him, I'm coming to your house today. And Jesus says in that one statement, I embrace you as a 
son of Abraham. I embrace you as you are. And the kingdom of God at that moment comes in with affirmation and brings inner healing, brings emotional healing. And as Zacchaeus has a response, erupts with everyone I've cheated, I'm giving fourfold back. I'm giving half of my possessions to everyone, to the poor. When the kingdom comes, there comes a response. And I just have to say, I love Acts chapter 3. Because the, the church embodies the reality that the kingdom brings healing. The kingdom be, brings shalom. Acts chapter 3, you see Peter walking into the temple where a man is begging. He's a cripple. And if you were a cripple, you couldn't go that very, uh, very far in the temple. You were excluded from full worship. And he's sitting outside, probably in a, right next to the entrance, looking for almsgiving, looking for a couple pieces of silver or whatever somebody wanted to give him. And they come to Peter, and the guy's sitting on the floor, and he says, do you have any spare change? And Peter looks him in the eye and says, I don't have change, but what I have I give freely. Pick up your mat and walk. And the guy gets up and stands. But he doesn't just walk. He goes into the temple, leaping and praising God. It wasn't just physical healing. It was emotional healing. Something erupted inside of him to leap for joy. And then he's praising God, entering back into the community of worship. Healing is about physical healing. It's about emotional, social, mental, religious, and spiritual wholeness. That's the message today. Do you believe it's for us? We don't have to be the crazy people that pray for healing. We just have to be the followers of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what I want to do. I want to say this. We're going to, there's such a, what I love about nights like this is just brings me back to the Long Beach Project. I love it. We just get to have fun. Jamie's going to come up and lead us in worship, but I want to say this. Today, what does this mean? What do we do? Number one, do you take seriously the words? You don't have to believe me, but you don't have to go very far in the book of Mark to see that Jesus is going to give his authority to his followers. Do you believe that we have the authority to heal? Period. Question mark. Sorry. Need to work on my punctuation now. Do you believe it? So, how many of us really need healing tonight? Seriously. Because here's what it's going to take. If we want to be a community that prays for healing, we have to be so honest with each other. That's really hard. If we want to see healing, we have to be honest with where we're at, with who we are, and with the people around us, and with God. Because to say that you're sick with an illness is a very vulnerable thing. You have to be willing to risk seeing no healing in order to experience the wholeness or shalom of Yahweh. So tonight, I just want to ask, can we be honest? Can we, can, we will, can we be willing as a community from here on out to risk can we pray for boldness? As I was doing the same thing this morning, a little bit different of a response. Tonight's way better, by the way. Um, that's going on podcast. Um, a man came down the aisle in a wheelchair. 
I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, some people pray for him. Um, he apparently got shot in Vietnam three times in the back. He can't walk. He didn't stand up. But you know what happened? The man was so filled with joy. He gave me, he, I, I didn't even see, I didn't pray for him. He, he just gives me this big hug. He's got no teeth really. And he's smiling with the joy of the Lord upon him. He experienced peace. And I remember weeks ago he told me that he was struggling with something like that, like depression. The man is full of joy. Another story this morning was um, one man uh, had, a, had a migraine. We prayed for him, migraine gone. And there were literally, I mean, um, there's another story of a girl who just wanted someone specific to come and pray for them. And that girl comes up and starts praying and just unloads on her junk, on her journal that she would have no clue on. And this girl gave a testimony for the morning service and just experienced healing, joy, the peace of the Lord. I mean, it was just happening. And it wasn't this weird thing. It was just us being friends and loving each other. So here's what I want to ask tonight. We're going to ask for those of you that need prayer. We want to ask you to stand. But I want to specifically say this. Some of us really need prayer for identity. We keep beating this over and over. But you guys, this is the starting point. We really have to believe the words that Jesus says about us over everyone else. We have to believe the words of Jesus over the illnesses that the doctors have labeled sick in our lives. Over the broken divor the divorced parents, over the broken marriages, over put insert problem here, we have to define ourselves by Jesus. And so here's what I want to do. I just want to say as family, it's, you, you can see each other look around. Tonight, I want to ask for those of you that are willing to just receive prayer, we want to come around you and pray. Would you just stand where you are? It could be for illness, physical healing, inner healing. It could be, man, my heart's beating fast. I just think I need to stand. In order for us to do this, we have to participate. Some of us are going to pray. Some of us are going to receive it. Would you stand where you are? Even if there's one, maybe there's... Just don't, don't be afraid. It's cool. Thanks for being bold. I'm sure there's... Hey, why not? Why would you not want to receive prayer? We're just gonna, the worst thing that can happen is someone has bad breath. Thank you. Awesome. All right, guys. Why don't we just wait for a moment? Let's close our eyes. Stay standing. Maybe posture out your hands. Just in a posture of wanting to receive. Lord, we just want you tonight. We want you, you as the king. And however you want to bring the kingdom tonight, would you bring it? I pray that you would touch my brothers and sisters, that your spirit would fill them right now. Lord, for my brothers that have been wearing old garments that have been defined by their past, may you take off their garments and give them a new garment. Bring your healing tonight, Lord, as one body. In your name, amen. Would you guys look, look at each other? I cultivate. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear other messages from The Garden or would like to find out more about The Garden Church, check out our website at thegardenlb.org.